Hey, just to confirm, yeah. the design cycle, yeah. it is investigate, plan, create, evaluate, isn't it? For you guys? Is that the one you use? Um, it's, oh, fuck. it's plan, in, inquire, inquire and analyze, uh, develop ideas, create the solution, evaluate. Oh, jeez. Inquire and analyze. Yep. Create the idea. Develop. Developing okay. ideas. Develop the idea. Create yep. The solution. Create the solution. Evaluate. Evaluate. Yep. The only piece of content we teach in the entire subject, and you got that wrong. Me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did I get wrong? I'll let you listen <laughs> to the recording for your own professional development. are listening to the learning factory please analyze a range of existing episodes that inspired you to listen all right all right tell me how you want to do this you answer the questions we'll ask them we have been summoned up from the dungeons of design into the well-funded and nicely carpeted admin section of the school and we are talking with the the head honchos the administrators and the the people who make all the decisions that we like and dislike in our relative organizations. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest. Mr. Donnelly, do you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, we've got Mark Kreischel with us today. So Mark works for CSIES, which is China-Singapore International Education Services. Oh, well done, Mr. Donnelly. That's right. So that was a mouthful of marbles. So... Basically, at our school, at SSIS, Trosh works for a different company than our school, but he is like groundskeeper Willie at our school with a little bit more responsibility. So he's been, he's been principal at uh, elementary schools in Queensland in Australia, and he's been elementary principal at SSIS here in the past. He's had a couple of stints in China, and um, yes. So we've got him on today because we thought, we may as well ask the other side what are the decisions that they make when it comes to design teachers asking for more toys and more equipment to make their program useful. So thanks. Welcome, Mark. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and welcome to the dark side. The better at teaching you get, the less you teach. Isn't that it? You get promoted. That's right. Like Mark wanders around the school with a clipboard and his phone out, shaking his head and pacing most days. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously the purpose of today, Mark, we just wanted to, to get a bit of an insight into, you know, the, the planning and the logistics that goes on behind behind the scene when you're setting up a, like a design program within a school. Now, obviously, what you'll talk about is unique to, to SSIS here, but I guess determined based on school sizes and stuff, most of the things are probably pretty consistent, would you say, across international schools around the world? Yeah, yes. Yeah, Jesse, I would. First, cab off the rank. What are the things that you have to think about when establishing a design program? So you've got Dave and I have just come to you and said, right, this is what we want to do. Okay. Right. So as you said earlier, I, I don't deal too much with the academic side of things anymore, more the um, operational and administrative side of things. So you know, um, one of the first things that we would always try to do whenever we start any project is to make sure that we've got all stakeholders involved in any of the discussions and decisions. So, you know, it's not only the academic side, so the design team, but we'd also bring in our facilities management team, 
our procurement team, our logistics team around any discussions that we're having. You know, we we also like to make sure that anything that we do here with regard to um, facilities development, um, we've done as much research as we possibly can. So Suzhou is relatively close to Shanghai, uh, which has a number of big players in it. So if, for example, we're doing redesigning our design labs, we like to go and pay a visit and see what other schools are actually doing um, and, and learning from them as much as we can. You know, the things that have worked well, um, the things that haven't gone so well for them. The other thing that we like to do is we need to establish a sourcing and supply chain for anything that we, we have. You boys have tested us in the past with um, all of your needs and wants for the um, material design lab. You know, it's, it's from things like ordering large pieces of equipment and forgetting to measure the size of them to make sure that we can fit them in the lift to get them upstairs into the room. Um, <laughs> that, that was going to be one of my funny stories, but I thought I'd throw that one in there now. But yeah, but it's, it's, it's budget, you know, it's maintenance, it's, it's all the health and safety things that, that go with um, setting up a, a lab. So whether it's for food design or for material design, um, they both have idiosyncrasies and, and special needs. You're saying it's an absolute pain in the arse to try and set up design, basically, because it's a load of front end work. So what, in terms of like the admin side, why? Why would you ever say yes to two idiots like us? Like, what's the benefit of having? Like, yeah, a okay, okay. good question. All right. So I'll share with you my experiences as a teacher and, and also as a parent, because I've found that design has been very popular always amongst the students of all ages. Most children really enjoy the hands-on activities um, that are involved in a design program. Um, and the design process is one that once you've learned how to use it, it, it's something that you can apply throughout the rest of your life. And that's exactly what we do when we tackle any problem here. We go through that, that design process. So I, I think in that way, it's, it's very useful. And it is a benefit because, as I said, kids, kids love it. When you're saying kids, like, do you think that's kids across all demographics or do you think it's a draw card for, because often, you know, it, it's sort of, it's not seen as one of the academic subjects and it's one that parents don't necessarily care what the, what's happening in it. Do you still think that it's a, it's a good draw card? Like, yeah, yeah, yes, I do. Jesse, like, you know, over the years I've been here, I've seen, different design teachers come and go, you know, with regard to food technology and material technology. And yes, you know, it's the program, but it's also the teacher behind the program too. So, you know, you, you'll see over the years, things go in ebbs and troughs where um, there's a teacher that everybody loves and gets a big following and everybody wants to do food technology, for example. And then once that starts, I think, and, and parents see how engaged their kids are in it, I, I do think that they see the value in it in the long term. So as, a, like as design teachers, right, we're, we're thinking about the cost. When we're budgeting, we're thinking about the cost of tools, we're thinking about materials, those types of things. So what are the hidden costs for a, a design program that, that teachers okay. may not necessarily know about? Because it... Yeah, we've got our vast listenership here are quite new to to design and NYP, so they may not be aware of how much an ambulance costs. 
yeah, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's all the, the the extra things that are behind it, I suppose. Yes, you've got your materials and your tools, but then you've got to look at things like, for example, material technology and food technology is um, the electrical capacity of a building, for example. Um, you know, if you decide to bring in all this additional electrical equipment that requires has certain specifications that could turn into a, a, a very expensive task behind the scene with um, you know electrical upgrades. There's also structural costs to ventilation extraction. People don't think about sometimes, and and that's that's a major cost whether it's for the food lab or for you know dust extraction systems in material rooms. The safety aspects too, um, you know, in making sure that you're installing electrical safety cutoff switches or gas cutoff switches, those sort of things. And then also the ongoing maintenance, you know, being here in China, trying to find somebody that is capable of maintaining and repairing some of the imported pieces of equipment that we buy can be difficult. Having a bit of trouble with that airport, are you? There, I am, mate. I, I think it's it's either my ear is is too big or the um, AirPod is um, too small. Right. So I don't know. There's a design <laughs> challenge out there for everyone listening. Design there, try. There some, is a design. Some <laughs> some new ears. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me just grab some sticky tape <laughs> to stop it falling out my ear. Yeah. Yeah. Just what you said there, like you know, you bring in really expensive piece of kit from the states or somewhere like that. Yeah. And you're in Southeast Asia and you've got to get somebody who can maintain it and install it and all this kind of stuff up to the standards that your students and your parents are going to expect. Is that other than that, I suppose, what other kind of challenges is there with international school compared to, say, being an administrator in in Australia or? You know, if you were having this discussion with me 10 years ago, um, it would be a completely different ballgame to what it is now here in China. You know, finding quality contractors and tradespeople that you can uh, rely on. It's becoming easier, but um, in days gone by, it was an extreme challenge. You know, um, just because you carry a paintbrush around doesn't mean you're a painter here in China. So, you know, making sure you've got quality people doing those sort of things is good. And then it's sourcing quality materials and, and product too is also difficult. You know, you've got... So many different um, knockoffs and copies here. You have to be really careful about some of the gear that you bring in. China, too, we're faced with a lot of um, local regulatory matters. You know, just the other day, I don't know whether you heard, we had a gas explosion in Herbei province. So the day after, the local MOE said we had to remove all gas bottles from school. So, you know, it's, it's those sort of things that just pop out in the middle of nowhere. And then, you know, dealing with the diverse clientele that we have here, it can be a challenge, but it can also bring lots and lots of benefits with it as well. So, you know, I, I think they are some of the, the challenges that we face here in China, as opposed to if I was at home in Australia. Yeah, obviously, the, there's lots of headaches that, that you get from all that side of thing. I know as a, as a teacher, you know, obviously the headaches we get here at school are, are different. And and the departments that probably annoy us the most are different. Obviously, for me, it'd be more maths because their continual, I guess, what can you say, the lack of creativity and <coughs> wanting to differ, very, you know, diverge from the textbook causes a few headaches. But for, for an administrator or 
for you and your position where you're looking at, at departments, you know, they're all asking you for very different things for different reasons. Which department gives yeah. you the most headaches? Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't call them headaches, but I'd rather rephrase it and say who would have the most requests. That's very and, political. You know, in, in, in our situation here, I would say it's the PE department, the design department, the arts department, and the science department. The ones that want uh, to do stuff. You know, they all, they all come in on, on par with each other, but that's, you know, that's primarily due to our facilities here, the age that they are, and the, the phase that each of those programs are through their development. So, you know, I'm sure lots of administrators would answer that one quite differently to the way I just did. Which one costs you, which one costs you the most money? Uh, which one cost me the most money? I would say um, over the years it would be the PE and athletics department because they have running tracks, they have swimming pools, they have gymnasiums all attached to, you know, their area of, of study. So yeah, they just got to get some time on the timetable and they'll be set. <laughs> set. That's more your area of expertise now, isn't it? Yeah. What's the weirdest request you've ever gotten from a department head or a teacher? What's the weirdest request I've ever had? Um, from a teacher, it's, um, would you mind going to the front gate and sorting out the angry father-in-law? You'll have to go deeper <laughs> with that one. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I, I get to do some interesting things sometimes. So having to placate an, an angry father-in-law waiting outside the front gate wanting to um, strangle a teacher on staff is um, <laughs> probably one of the most interesting ones. So, yes. Brilliant. Oh, a, a, another one from many years yeah. ago too was a female staff member had a haircut in town and didn't like it, so she left. So <laughs> the hairdresser tracked her down to SSIS and was standing out the front demanding to be paid for the bad haircut she gave one of the staff members. <laughs> uh, um, obviously, uh, Dave, being uh, a head of department, he gets a bit of hate from some of his subordinates. Being a coordinator, you get a bit of hate as well. What's the worst thing about being the top dog? I, I think there's a, an expectation that you are the person to solve all problems, whether they've been created by you or somebody else. So, um, yeah, that's probably the most frustrating part of it is, is resolving an, an issue that has been created by somebody else's incompetence or not not thinking something through carefully before they've done it. So they sometimes land on my plate. Have you ever told someone just to fuck off? <laughs> uh, apart from you and Dave, um, I, don't, I don't think so, yeah. That was our normal Monday morning greeting when we saw you before you had your coffee. No, not yes. now. I suppose on that, what's the one thing you, you wish that, that, say, teachers or department heads or, or other... What's the one thing, like if you're going into a new school and you're about to talk yep. to your new facilities manager or, or principal, what's the one thing you tell them, just be aware of this before you go in? What's the one thing you wish they knew? Yeah, it'd be, you know, in, in a school of this size, it's, it's a, a really big organisation. You know, there are hundreds of people here. There's millions and millions of dollars worth of gear and equipment. And sometimes people just need to realise that you know, a, a school of this size is a, a big, complex organisation. And just because you come up with a good idea, it doesn't mean we're going to be able to implement it because there could be 500 other good ideas that somebody has given us at wait before you in the queue. So 
yeah, some, some people can get a little bit frustrated with that sometimes because, you know, they think that their idea is the best idea, um, but they need to realise that, you know, it's a big organisation and, and administrators have to prioritise these things. We don't have an endless bucket of money and just because you want it, the, the person that replaces you may have a completely different idea and want to change something. So we, we've got to take things in, in our stride with regard to that. I suppose if you were to kind of elaborate on some of the stories you had earlier, what are the some more of the funniest sort of moments that have happened either in your role now or, or in the past or while you were in the classroom? What's the kind of a standard question we have? What's the funniest thing that's happened? Um, the, the most recent one that's given me immense pleasure and has been um, our, our school bus service here. Like um, all the buses have um, video surveillance on them. So at any time we can look back and, and see what's happened on the road or through GPS plotting. And we had an incident here recently where one of the bus drivers missed taking the turn that he was supposed to going along. So he drove past the turn and then realised he'd missed the turn. So rather than proceeding down the road and taking the next right turn, he decided to do a three-point U-turn in the middle of Modern Avenue, which is three lanes of traffic heading in one area. <laughs> so I was called into the bus manager's office to view the video footage and then decide what needed to be done as a consequence of this. And what I said is I'd like to speak to the bus driver to understand why he did this because the bus was full of kids and, you know, you guys know what Modern Avenue can be like in the afternoon and how much traffic goes down there. So called him in and um, because my Chinese is very bad, somebody else translated for me. And we asked him, I said, well, you know, what you did was wrong. Can you tell me what you should have done? And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, I should have reversed back up Modern <laughs> Avenue <laughs> to take the turn. And it wasn't, he wasn't trying to be funny. And there were three other people in the room and all of us started laughing at the same time. And he just looked puzzled as to why we, why we, we were laughing. Understandably, he no longer works for SSIS. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, over, over the years, um, yes, there are, there are many tales to tell, some that I can share and some that I can't. Yeah, we'll have to turn off the recording. I think we get a few of those. Already yes, around, yeah, but... later yeah. on. Yeah. Well, I, I alluded to it before about the impression that maths teachers give give everyone. Which maths teacher pissed you off this morning? <laughs> it's, a, it's the English teachers getting under my skin today as we go through proofreading reports. What, what, what impression do you reckon design teachers have at school? Um, I, I've, I've found them usually to be quite practical people and... They come in handy sometimes when I need things. So, yeah, my, my experience with design teachers has been pretty positive. So whether it's food design or material design, yeah, uh, I've, I've been pretty happy with them. You know, they seem to be quite logical people, quite grounded, seem to think through problems um, before they present them to you or will offer solutions to them if they come with a problem. So, you know, whether that's the nature of the subject or the nature of the beast that teaches it, um, I'm not too sure. Very generous of you. Oh, I feel chuffed. He's clearly got some job he wants me to do this afternoon. <laughs> that's it, yeah. 
What are you up before you get something done? <laughs> or I, I thought you two said you were going to shout me a beer if I did this. Right, Trosh, we're going to do a little bit of word association here. We're going to, we're going to say something to you and you got to let us know the first thing that comes into your mind regarding that. Okay? Regarding. Okay. We, did, we didn't give you these beforehand because we want these to be genuine. No, I, thank, thank you very much for yeah, that. Right, I will start off with an easy one. Waterproofing. SSIS. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a leaky roof in that building, is there? Uh, uh, the, bane, the bane of my existence, yes. Uh, art department. Oh, art department. Um, needy. <laughs> yep, no arguments here. Human resources. Frustrating. Technology. It's frustrating again. Good when it works. Go on, Jesse. Uh, toasters. <laughs> Vegemite. <laughs> are these like the panini toaster things in the canteen? Yeah. These yes, are the ones that's that, exactly right. These <laughs> are the ones that Trishel hates when people put food in them and and then forget that they've put food in them and then they remember their foods in them when the fire alarm's going off. Or they decide to put plastic on them. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that was that was going to be my one. So it was going to be fire alarm. I don't know with that one. That's a, yeah. You've got you've you've stumped me there. Fire alarm. Um, emergency evacuation. I suppose. Very loud. I would have said food design, but our food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. No. I I would have said art department. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I suppose they have a kiln, don't they? Yeah. They're ho- no, they uh, no, the- no, no, they have a toaster. Yeah, it's not the they kiln. They have a toaster <laughs> that sets off the fire alarm. Not any of the actual educational activities they conduct. It's when they're on break and they may try to make toast. When they're on break, yeah. yes, that's right. One more for me. Staff socials or staff parties. Um, keep, keep them short. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that word association. I guess one one last thing, Trish. So when you look at your your role now and your role in the past, what do you prefer? Do you, I know they're very different, but yeah, yeah they're very different. Um, I, I probably prefer my current role to my old role because um, in this role. I can take a project and I can focus on it and I can work from it from beginning to end. Whereas in my previous life, it was more about um, being pulled in too many different directions. So I'm a little bit more of a master of my my daily routines to what I used to be years ago. You're not slave to the bell anymore. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I I can set my own agenda um, a little bit more clearly without too many interruptions, you know, with lots of teachers, lots of parents, lots of students. So that, that part I like. I think that level of freedom would frighten most teachers to death. They need yes, the planners. Yes, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Well, anything else from you, Mr. Donnelly? Oh, uh, no. I'm, I'm I like the way done. we're speaking with someone higher up and we've, we've, we've switched back to Mr. This and Mr. That, not you. Yeah, that's bastards. right. Yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gotten very formal. That's it. That's the intimidating role admin has on most people. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a Zoom interview. I feel like I'm going for my job again. <laughs> I'm
I'm and I'm also str- I'm also struggling to wonder how the bloody hell did I ever get a job at that school? <laughs> All right, well, thanks for coming on, Trosh. Um, we appreciate that. And if we get any of uh, you know curly questions on the Twitter, we'll uh, be sure to uh, reach out and you can answer them for people. You know, maybe they might All want right. to My find pleasure, out what's gentlemen. the best way to to grease up the admin at their school for you know <laughs> yes. A, a fourteen hundred kilo bandsaw that you then have to hire in a crane to lift up to the third floor. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'll never forget or, trying to get that thing in the lift. Or maybe we shouldn't design a building where the design department is on the third floor. So, oh, yes. Thank you, Trosh. You're free All to right, go back to one of your many meetings now. Cheers. I shall do that. Thanks, boys. No worries. Catch ya. See you later. Good chat there with Mark running the show wherever he goes, isn't he? Yeah, he gives it. He's he's a good good egg, Trish. He um he does give that good insight behind you know those other things that you need to think of, and it's it's he's very true of the fact like if you're in a um in a school and you have someone in the school that's sort of in a similar position to him, keep them happy. Keep them happy. Yeah. Um, do little jobs here and there for them, make stuff up for them, because then when when the requests do start coming in, yeah, you, you get prioritised. So as as uh, he mentioned about requests from PE, design, art, science, a lot yeah. of those times, and the times we've been here, we we got prioritised for a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think one of the things we were always told in university was don't become like the maintenance staff, don't become the janitor, and it it might take you a little bit of time to get over that and go, actually, if I scratch it back here and scratch it back there by doing little handy jobs around the place, I might get a lot more out of this. Yeah. Or, is, or, or minding your tools a bit too carefully and not and saying no to people who want to borrow stuff. But when somebody like Mark comes along, go, yeah, you take whatever you need and whatever you want to, to use in the room. Go for That's it. right. Well, it says it right there on the, on the front door of most schools, isn't it? How you get things done. Pull. Bit of, bit of guanchi, as they call it here. Guanchi, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a wrap for the season, basically, it's, because we're both moving and we haven't got time for this nonsense anymore over the summer. No. So what are we going to do? So we're going to put our shorts on. Oh, we are. We've got a new right. little series we dreamt up called the Learning Factory Summer Shorts, yes. featuring some very, very special guests and some bang average guests, too. Yes, and it's going to be yeah. The sort of podcast length you can just listen to while you have a shit, and then you can finish up and off you go. Yeah. If you're if you're sitting by the pool and your ice cream melts while you're listening to it, it's too long. That's right. If your ice has melted, not your ice cream. <laughs> the ice in your drink, yeah. That's right. Yeah. If you need to call the little the little dude to the pool to get another drink. He's been listening too long. So short episodes coming to you over the next few weeks to break up the monotony of moving country dealing with your own children or boredom in lockdown whatever your personal challenges are this summer so when they come out um we'll let you know now so keep your interest the first uh learning factory summer shorts will be cargo shorts and that's uh where we talk to um an international educator about you know the the challenges of moving as an international teacher so moving from country to country that's that's gonna be pretty useful for a lot of people so we'll get that out uh pretty soon and uh, we won't put any too strict deadlines on ourselves over the summer but uh, it'll be pretty regular 
Yeah, so if you if you uh, one of our you know keen avid listeners and you look forward to your Tuesday download every week of the Learning Factory, um, don't be disappointed during the summer period because there's summer shorts and sometimes you just don't wear shorts so it won't appear. So they'll be a bit more spontaneous over over the next month or so. On that note, all right. We'll leave you go. What a cracking season one and look forward to season two. We've got a few more big guests lined up too for season two. Yeah. And uh, keep an eye on the Twitter at TLF underscore tweet and catch us on Instagram at the Learning Factory Podcast. But other than that, we'll leave you go. See you later. Happy days. You have been listening to the Learning Factory. For more content, please return to the start of the design cycle and listen to episode one. The Learning Factory will return after the summer. End of recording.